This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Don't have to turn there, Kay, if you want to. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it. This is our theme verse for the year, and this is a specific word from God to everybody sitting in here, especially right now. If you're if you're making if you're looking at indecision, you're looking at changes, you're looking at uh, at uh, transformations this year. Your life's turned upside down. God wants to turn right side up. This is God talking to you from His Word. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven out of the NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Say, God has a plan, a good plan for my life. He says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I want to tell you something about different kinds of preachers. There's preachers and there's teachers. I'm a preacher, but I'm also a teacher. A preacher basically gets you excited and lets you know there's hope. Amen. A preacher is kind of like a cheerleader a lot of times. You know, you're, 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 face, you're facing some losing situations. And a preacher will encourage you, man. They'll get you all excited and say, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can win. But a teacher shows you how to turn the hope into reality. I want to say that again. A preacher shows you you can have hope. A teacher shows you how to turn the hope into reality, where it's something actually working in your life where it's working. You know, I think about, you know, the cooking story, baking a cake. Man, it's nice to see the commercial on TV, what the cake can look like. Nice to get the cake mix. Nice to have the cake mix. But if all you ever look at is a picture on the box, you're never going to eat the cake. Somebody has to show you how to get it out of the box. And uh, I don't bake cakes, so I don't know much about it. But anyway, get it out of the box, follow the instructions, turn the stove on, and then put it in. Matter of fact, the last time I tried to bake something... You can't tell the story. I'll tell it one time. I'll never tell it again. <laughs> Mrs. Pastor was going a couple months ago. She said, I got frozen pizza in the refrigerator. And she's cooked them many times while I sit there in my unlazy boy chair. <laughs> said, all you have to do is put it in the oven. So I got the frozen pizza out of the freezer. I read the back of it. said, preheat to 400. And so... We got with a new fancy stove, so I looked at it like that and did it like that. And the little light come on. I thought, well, this must mean when the light goes off, you put the pizza in. So I waited till the light went off. And it said, put it on a rack with no pan under it. So I put it on the rack with no pan under it. Twenty-two minutes later, it said, go 20 to 25 minutes. So I went about 20. No, that would be about in between there. That will work real good. This is embarrassing. Maybe I shouldn't even finish it. By the way, I did one after this and it worked okay. So I started thinking after a while, that smells kind of funny. And I thought, well, the buzzer didn't go off yet, so it's not time. I'm going to let it go all the way because she does it all the time and it works. 
this is embarrassing. Why do I ever start telling this on myself? So I went in there. <laughs> on the bottom of the oven was a bunch of plastic. That good up plastic and stuff all mixed together, laid on the bottom of the oven. And I didn't realize it had that clear plastic on it. <laughs> and I put it in there upside down so the cardboard, so I had the cardboard, the plastic, and everything upside down. <laughs> In the bottom of the oven. And so I was really hungry. And we got a great big pet dog. So dog wanted some. He likes pizza. So all I did was boobed it up and picked the plastic out. And me and the dog pecked out as much as we could and got something out of it. And I ate a couple crackers and went to bed. <laughs> but anyway, anyway... I never noticed all the directions that it said, take the plastic off and remove the cardboard. You know what? There's people sitting here today. I'm going to tell you what to do from the Word of God. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to go home and you'll do part of it right, but you won't take the plastic off. And you'll put it in upside down. And then you're going to call somebody this week, and you're going to say, well, those testimonies the pastor gave was really good. I'm not talking about the pizza testimony. I'm talking about other stuff. We're going to say, that was really good, and it worked for him. How come mine's upside down and burnt? How come mine's got all this trash mixed in with it? Well, listen closely. I'm going to tell you what to do to do this right. Amen? Remind me never to tell that story again. <laughs> and I want, I want to just, one more time, I did do it after that. I did it right. I put it in there right. I took all the stuff off of it. And it was a pretty good pizza. <laughs> okay. And so go to John chapter 2. Knowing that God has a great plan for your life. Our theme verse for the year is so awesome. And that means you and that means me. He's got a great plan for your life. But one of the keys to God's plan and purpose to come to pass in your life is to know and obey the voice of Jesus. Know and obey the voice of Jesus. John chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Has anybody ever been to a, to a fancy wedding? Well, they got all kinds of stuff they're serving and just, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what this was. <clears throat> and, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. That'd be like the pastor and his leaders going to the, going to the wedding. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And, and so, and so he's there. And his mom already knows who he is. She raised him and knows, knows what's possible through him. So his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatsoever, this is a word of God for you. Whatsoever Jesus tells you to do, don't just get excited, do it. This is a big key to God's plan coming to pass in your life. Whatever Whatever 
Jesus puts in your heart to do, you do it. And I can tell you right now, I know that a bunch of you obeyed that this morning because you're in church. Jesus puts that in the heart of every human being. You need to go sit under the Word of God. You need to go where the Holy Spirit's moving. You need to go where the Word of God's being taught. So give yourself a high five. You, you obeyed the voice of Jesus today. Amen. And so, no matter who you are or what your status in life is right now, you can turn your life around if you listen to the voice of Jesus and obey what he tells you to do. And before you leave this morning, it's going to be as easy for you to know what Jesus wants you to do as it was for these disciples that were there with him. And so I want to look then at verse 6. He told these guys, do what he tells you to do. And so there, was, there were set there six water pots of stone at the man of purified the Jews, contained two or three firkins apiece. I guess that must mean, you know, gallons and liters, whatever they told what they hold. And Jesus said unto them, now here's what he told them to do. He told them something to do. He said, fill the water pots with water. Well, they were looking for wine. He said, fill them with water. <clears throat> they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, now draw out now and take it up to the governor of the feast. And they did it. So they put water in these pots. And they're taking this head guy, water pots. He's looking for this wine. And so when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, that was made wine. It changed when they obeyed Jesus. Circumstances change when you obey Jesus. Now they knew not whence it was, but the servants withdrew the water they knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning sets forth the good wine, and when men have well drunk, did that which is worse. But now hast thou kept the good wine to now. And look at this. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. And so, when you read this account of the first miracle Jesus did, because they said this is the first miracle he did in his earthly ministry, you see, Jesus did the miracle, now listen to this, after men obeyed his instructions. Jesus did the miracle after men obeyed what he said to them. Jesus did the miracle, but the men had their part to play. He told them what to do. They did what he said to do. And then Jesus did the supernatural of their lives. I want you to look at Luke chapter 5. Amen. Luke chapter 5. His mother said, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. They did what he said, and he did the miracle. That's amazing to me. I think about our lives. There's so many people sitting in this church right now this morning. You need a miracle in your family today. Some of you need a miracle in your body today. Some of you need a miracle in your finances today. Some of you need a miracle on your job today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. People are the same yesterday and today and forever. Some people say, yes, amen, Lord, I'll do it. Some people say, that's a nice story. But I like Goldilocks and the three bears, too. I like the three piggies, too. Well, that's a nice story. That's a real nice... Hey, I like that one about Davy and Goliath. 
These aren't just stories of the Bible. This is God talking to people today, giving examples of people that did what he said to do. And also the Bible's full of examples of people didn't do what he said to do. So the Bible's God talking to us. We've got to get a hold of this. This is not just fairy tales. Amen. This is not huff and puff and blow your house down. This is real. The devil wants to huff and puff and blow your house apart. Jesus is the one that if you obey his voice to you, can save your house, can save your job, can save your life, can save your children. Jesus is the one. But I want you to note, those men did their part, and then Jesus did his part. Now, Luke chapter 5, verse 4, another similar story. Uh, Jesus gathered down there by the seashore preaching, and when he left speaking, he said unto Simon. So this is the voice of Jesus. While he was on the earth, he used his voice. He said unto Simon, which is Peter, said, Simon... Launch out into the deep, that means take your boat back out, and let down your nets for a drought or for a big catch. And so he he told Simon something in the natural to do. And when you read before this, they'd already fished, and the fishing wasn't good that day. This wasn't somebody for fishing pole. This was commercial fishing. Like, you see down in the ocean, these fishing boats go out there for days at a time, and they come back loaded with fish in the bottom of the ship, and they take them out. And so uh, he told Peter, he said, you go back out again. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all the night, have taken nothing. He said, man, we tried this, and it didn't work. This is commercial fishermen, fish for a living. They know what they're doing. They know where to fish, how to fish, what to use, and all that kind of stuff. And they said, we're failing. It's not working. But look what he said. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. At thy word, I will let down the net. And so he said, in spite of what I see, in spite of how it's not working, Jesus, you just spoke to my heart, and you told me to go do it again, so I'm going to go do it again. And says, and when they had this done, him and his partners, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned to their partners, which were the other ship, that they should come and help them. They came and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. And so I want to point out again, Jesus did the miracle after men obeyed his instructions. Jesus did the miracle, but only after men obeyed his instructions. When you obey Jesus, good things happen. I want to show you today from the Word of God... How to know when Jesus says, go back and put that application in again. Go back online and do it again. Go back to that person you're on the outs with and talk to him again. Go up and have the pastor let them anoint you and pray over you again. Have that friend go talk to your son or your daughter again. When Jesus speaks to your heart, and see, there's people confused right now, don't know, well, I don't know when Jesus speaks to my heart or not. I thought he did and it didn't work. Well, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, such a, I'm such a sinner. I'm such a, I'm such a this. I'm such a that. I want to show you today, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in life right now, 
how you can know that you know that you know that you know Jesus will speak to you every day in your life. He'll talk to you. You've got to recognize who it is talking to you when he talks to you. But then, then you've got to be man enough or woman enough to do what he says to do. Both these instances I showed you from the Bible, there was men that heard Jesus speak. And by the way, at that wedding there, in case you don't know how things are in the Middle East, has anybody watched the news lately? How Middle East people do things, some of these bad guys? Well, Middle East, especially back then even, they had some pretty serious guys over there. The governor of the feast was like, 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 like the, the head guy that back then, you remember John the Baptist? What happened to John the Baptist's head? The good guy John the Baptist was? They cut heads off back then, really mean guys. And if you're the head guy of this great big thing there, you got all these rich politicians there, and all the, all these movers and shakers there, and these little old Jewish men come up there and say, we got some good stuff for you to drink. It had better be wine. That took great faith on their behalf to go up there through that crowd there where that man could have just, who knows what he could have done to those guys if he'd embarrassed him in front of all of his friends. I think sometimes we don't catch what's really going on in the Bible. That was the head guy that who knows what he might have done to those guys if he'd got embarrassed. Went up there and say, hey, here's the best wine. And they got, that's water. Had his rich friends up there. What are you trying to do to us? What an embarrassment. What I've said is this. Jesus, when he speaks to your heart, if you obey what Jesus said, he's not going to let you down. I want to say it again. Jesus is not going to disappoint you. And somebody said again. But how do I know it's Jesus? I'm going to teach you that. I'm glad you asked that. I want to show you from the Bible how you know it's Jesus. I think about those fishermen. They went out there for all those boats. Fish weren't biting. Jesus said, go back. They got so many fish, the boats got heavy and started sinking. Would you call that a miracle? Amen. And so Jesus will do miracles... In your life. Say that. Say, Jesus will do miracles in my life when I obey him. And I I want you, as we're looking at this, I don't know about you, but I know about me. Ever since I met Jesus back in January of 1980, I've always taken it personal when I'm hearing something like this preached. I've always, when I read the Bible, if I'm going through a serious time, a crisis time, a time of indecision, a time of problems, when I read the Bible, I'm praying, and on the inside of me, I'm saying things like this, Jesus, you know what to do, I want to know what to do. Lord, you know that this week, by Wednesday, I have to do that. Lord, you know by Wednesday, if if I don't get this... Whatever it is I'm looking at, by Wednesday, you know it's all over in my life in this area. You know it's going to be really serious, Jesus. And so I'm always looking like that, and I want to show you how I've learned to know what Jesus told me to do. Amen. I'll say this in your lives. Some of you in your lives, Wednesday's coming this week. Some of your lives, Friday's coming this week. It's the last day on the job. It's the day you go back to see the results of the hospital test. 
It's the day you have to talk to the probation department. It's the day your child has to sit down with the people down at the services. If you had to talk in front of those people, if your child with you, whatever it is, that's coming to you this week. Some of you like that. And I'm not saying things to put fear. I've said things to put faith. Amen. Amen. Those guys went out and did the fishing again. Jesus filled their boats up. They had water. Had Jesus turned the water into wine. But there was the Jesus part. And there was the people part. I want to say it again. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. You're people like people in the Bible. You live in a body. You got a spirit. You got a soul. You got feelings. You got a spiritual heart. You've got a mouth. You've got a will. All the things they had in the Bible, you've got. And you know, I was talking to somebody this week. As a pastor and people I've helped, some people have accepted instruction from the Bible I've given them. Some people rejected it. You know what I found out and I've learned? There's only one thing in the whole world that can overcome the Word of God. That's called a human will. A man can will... Or a woman can will to obey what the Bible says, or they can will not to obey it, and God never comes down. It says, you know what, you will obey this. God says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you choose. You choose. Do you want what I've got, or you want to keep going the other way? A human will can stop the Word of God from working, or a human will could open the door for the Word of God to go all the way. Amen. I, I, want, I want to pop a couple of verses in here before we go to your next John verse. I want you to look at Psalms 103, verse 20. And we're talking about how we can hear the voice of Jesus today. I do hope you're taking notes because some of the stuff I put in here, I added after I wrote the outline out. Psalms 103, verse 20. I was reading this this morning verse I've known for a long, 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 long time. And I realized this morning when I was reading this from my own life, how this would speak today with what God wants to say to you. It says, Bless the Lord, Psalms 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength. How many believe that angels are very, very, very supernatural and they can... Man, they can do things. It says that do his commandments. That's his word. Now, listen to this. Hearkening to the voice of his word. Angels treat the word of God when you speak it as if God himself were talking to them. Angels hear the word of God as the voice of God. Whatever a believer speaks the word of God over situation, it says, angels hearken to that as if God talked. Can't we be as smart as angels and take the word of God as God talking to us? I'm talking to you about how to hear the voice of Jesus. When we speak the word of God, Psalms 91 is a really good one. When we speak Psalms 91 over things we're doing, let me just throw something out here. Don't you ever be as a believer stupid like the world. 
It's so easy to go places on airplanes, especially if you live in California. Man, everything's a long ways from California. Don't ever be so stupid. Oh, I shouldn't say that, I guess. Don't ever be so ignorant as to say, I'll never fly on airplanes. Well, I'm scared to death of airplanes. Psalms 91, he said, no evil will befall you if you're living for God. He said, you can live for God and go wherever you need to go and use whatever transportation you need to use because his angels watch over you and lift you up. He said, when you're living for him, in Psalms 91, 16, he says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, long life to God means at least a minimum of 70 years, 80 years, 90 years. And the last time God told what long life was for the human race was Noah. He said, man's day is going to be 120. And so I know for me that I'm going to stay living for God. I'm going to stay under his protection. And so I know if I have to go out to the East Coast, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm afraid to go there in an airplane. I'm going to drive. It takes six days to get there. If they get on an airplane, take it six hours. I'm going to hearken to the voice of his word. He told me long life. He told me his angels are with me. And when I speak the word of God out of my mouth and say, I'm going to the East Coast on this airplane, and God said his angels are with me, the angels around me just jumped. They heard the word of God because they hearkened to the voice of the word. When I spoke Psalm 91 out, God's angels were listening. And they said, okay, we're getting around the Samples family right now. Said, we're going to lift them up lest they dash their foot against a stone. But then somebody else said, I don't think we'll ever make it. I don't know what we're going to do. The angels were ready. And they backed off. and said, their mouth just shut us down. Their words just handcuffed us because of what they said. We have to know. We have to know the Word of God is the voice of God. And when these angels hear a believer speak the Word of God, they take it as God talked to them, told them what to do. I want to give this across to you. You need to get it in your heart and in your thinking that when God's Word speaks to you, you got to say, yes, sir. That's what we do. I want you to look at one more place here in the Old Testament. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 6. And what am I talking about? The Lord specifically showed me some of your faces this week. And some people, I don't really know you that well. I just know that I see you in here, I shake your hands, don't know much about what's going on in your lives. But I know when God showed me your faces, I knew God wanted to talk to you today. And so I want to tell you right now, as I'm speaking the Word of God... God's talking to people here today. The crisis you're facing right now, God is giving you answers today. And your choice is, will you obey his voice through the word? Or will you just say, oh, I like to go to that church because I like the music. Oh, it's just so good. Oh, the music's so good there. And I like sister so-and-so. I see her. I like brother so-and-so. I like him. I just feel really good at that church. God wants you to feel good when you come to this church, but God wants you to leave with answers. I want to say it again. God wants you to leave with answers. He wants you to leave where tonight when you go to sleep, you lay your head down, 
And when the fear comes, you say, devil, that's it. You're out of here in the name of Jesus. I'm going to sleep like a believer tonight. You're not tormenting me anymore. God's with me. The angels are with me. The Holy Spirit's bringing the Word of God to pass in my life. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus, and I'm going to sleep like a believer. And when you wake up in the morning time, be able to wake up. Instead of start worrying about the latest disaster in your life, wake up saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I do rejoice in Him. Glad in it. I've given my cares to Jesus. I've given my worries to Jesus. I'm not worried about it. Glory to God, Friday's coming. And I've got the answers, and when Friday comes, I'm not afraid anymore, because I know that Jesus said He'd never leave me nor forsake me, and hallelujah, me and Jesus are majority. Since God's for me, I don't care who's against me. Since God's for me, I don't care what's against me. Amen. I've got mountain-moving faith, because I've got the faith of God in my heart. I've got His Word on my mouth. And God's on my side, and so I'm not afraid anymore. That's what God wants you to leave here with today. He wants you to have that attitude and having that faith. So Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 through 22. This is so plain to me. He said, My son, keep thy father's commandment, forsake not the law of thy mother. Talk about the word of God that you're hearing and being taught. It says, Bind them, the words of God, continually upon thine heart, tie them about thy neck, says, when you're serious about getting God's Word in your heart, in your life, and you know, uh, I say in modern times, by the continuum of the heart, tied about the neck, program, program thy words on your screensaver. Program His words on your cell phone. Program His words. You know what I do? I don't know how to work all the modern steps. I'm not going to embarrass myself again and tell some goofy story about my iPhone experiences. I won't do that. You can teach a old dog new tricks. And I'm learning. But what I've learned to do, because I can't do all the other stuff, I can do all things to Christ with strength with me, okay. But it's because I haven't learned to do a lot of things yet. You know what I have learned to do? A few months ago, one of my sons taught me how to push two butts at the same time and take a picture. <laughs> so, so when I got Bible things on there or things on there that I've seen on there I like now, if I can't do the rest of it, I get that page, I just go click. And then I got it on photos. Then I just go back to photos. I pull it up again and I see it. You know what I've done? I'm binding the Word in front of my eyes. I put it out there, getting it close to my heart where I can see it. That's what he's saying. These words that you hear, get them out there. If you hear nice little things we say today off your outline or something, you know, you're probably much more fancier and up-to-date on how to use those phones than I am. Take a picture of your outline then. Put it on, put it on your photos. And then pull it up and look at it again. And then here's what he says the result is. We're talking about how to hear the voice of God, hear the voice of Jesus. He said, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. What shall lead thee? The words of God that you're hearing. They'll lead you. When thou sleepest, it'll keep you. It'll guard you. The word of God that you're grabbing hold of says it'll guard you at nighttime. You don't have to have ulcers. You don't have to have migraines. You don't have to be filled with worry. It says the word of God that you get a hold of will guard you. And look at this. It shall talk with thee. It shall talk with thee. The word of God will talk to you. If you want to hear the voice of Jesus, get serious about the word of God. 
This is Old Testament we're looking at. We're getting ready to flip to the New Testament. But the Bible says right here, how many here is Bible people, by the way? How many here believe the Bible? Well, we're doing pretty good today more than last week. 50% of them believe the Bible we're teaching. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The other 50% that couldn't raise your hands, keep on coming back. Keep on coming back. There's going to come a point in time you're going to realize this is not just stories. It's God talking. Let, let, me, let me just do that one more time. How many here are Bible people They believe the Bible? Amen. That's better. You know what? We just gave right up to 99%. Glory to God. No. See, I'm, I'm telling you something right now that God's saying to you. It says right here, when you get his words in front of your eyes, in your thinking, in your decision-making process, <clears throat> says when you go, says it'll talk with you. You want God to talk to you? Get some verses in your heart. You want God to talk with you when you're making that decision in life? You're out there on the job this week? You're in the, you're in the crisis situation where somebody catches you off guard? You come into church, you're all praised up, you're prayed up, man, you're all gloried up. And you walk out there, and that person you said, well, I can't wait till they show up this week, man. All I'm going to do is shake their hand. Jesus said, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. I'm going to shake their hand. I'm going to say, God bless you. And you walk up to me, you already do that, say, you stupid jerk, every time you open your mouth, I know you're lying. And all of a sudden, you're caught off guard. All you heard was the sermon in here, but you didn't put it in here. When you put it in here, as soon as they called you a liar, as soon as they told you, well, you must be a child of the devil, and you're in there thinking, I'm a child of Jesus, I, well, I love Jesus. And that person that Jesus told you turned the other cheek. And you just got through reading that little faith book, Love Never Fails. Love never fails. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That's 1 Corinthians 13, by the way. Well, as soon as they do that, when you've taken that sermon to heart, you put those words in your belly, in your spirit, as soon as they said that, that immediately, when that scripture comes to you, love turns the other cheek, goes the extra mile. That's the word of God, but that's God talking to you. Get this. That's God talking to you. Says the word will talk with you. You're in crisis, and God's word comes to you. Fear not, my child. I'm with you. Go through the fire. I'm with you. Nothing's impossible with God. Every time those scriptures come to you, that's God talking to you. When God talks, peace comes. When God talks, faith comes. When God talks and we listen and obey, victory comes. And so when people attack you, well, let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I found out in life, when I'm, when I'm all studied up for the test, most of the time... The test is canceled that day. And the test may not happen for another week with my guards down. And so you need to be prepared for the test every day. Every day, this has got to be a part of your life to where you get this in you. Because when test comes, you've got to be ready. 
And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about the college stuff and all the different things in life there like that. And, and a lot of stuff that you're taught doesn't really matter. But the things that you're taught you need for life, that's what you've got to hang on to. And so when you go and the things you learn, the things you really need, you hold on to those things. And then there'll be, let's talk to somebody, what, what was it, some job they're on now, something they learned in college like 20 years ago or so. All of a sudden, they were rusty because they put it in there that many years ago. It came out when they needed on a new job. All of a sudden, they'll reach in there and pull it out because it was there. That's how the Word of God is. You put the Word of God in there, and then all of a sudden, you're out there, and the financial crisis hit, and you start hearing these words inside of you. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's not just a verse. That's God talking to you right now, today, in the midst of crisis. And if all you think is, well, that's a nice Bible verse I heard my pastor talk about, you missed the whole thing. God's telling you right now where you are today. He's the one supplying the need. But are you going to believe it or not? Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Look at John chapter 6. Now, let's get, back to, let's get back to the words of Jesus. That was Old Testament. Now, let's get here to the New. John chapter 6, verse 63. I hope you're taking notes. It says, it's the spirit that quickens or gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Now, look at this. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak unto you, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what Jesus said is this, his words give life and speak to you. His words give life and speak to you. Your flesh or your senses are not the voice of Jesus. I want to say that again, your senses are not the voice of Jesus. Your senses, that's what you see, what you taste, what you touch, what you smell, what you hear, your five physical senses. All they do is tell you what's going on in the physical arena. But the Word of God, now listen to this. I hope somebody's not sleeping right now because Jesus is talking to you. Don't get distracted. Don't think about other things right now. Jesus right now is going to give you a revelation. God's the one that made your physical body, but he made your spirit first. There's going to come a day your physical body dies. Somebody said, well, I don't like to think about that. I don't either. I'm probably closer to some of you. I'm a little bit older. But it's a Bible fact. Someday we're going to die. When we die, this physical body will either get cremated, go to the ground. Something will happen where the body stays. But the real me on this side, the person on this side, I will live on forever. And then the Bible says that someday I'm going to have a glorified body. God's going to give, God's going to give me another body someday. But my spirit's never going to change. It's going to be here forever. And if you're born again, your spirit goes to heaven. If you're not born again, then you go to hell. Yeah, that's just a Bible fact. That's the way it is. But the thing is, my five physical senses with this body only tell me what's going on around me. If I was someplace where something was catching on fire, my nose would tell me the reality, something burning, smoke's out there. If I'm driving through traffic, 
And I hear a siren. My ears tell me, watch out, the emergency vehicle somewhere around you or something. Well, all they do is identify what's going on around me. You know, sometimes your physical body will tell you pain, hurt, sick. It's identifying something in the physical world. Jesus said, the flesh profits you nothing. It all tells you outside things. But he says, the words that I speak. Now, here, listen to this. Here comes your answer. The words that I speak, they're life. They're help. And so the words of Jesus, he speaks to your heart. You grab them. They will change what your senses are telling you. He said their life. It may be crisis around you, but the words Jesus speaks to you, if you grab them and obey them, they will change what's physically going on around you. Man, I do hope the right people's listening to this. Amen. Christians, you don't throw your senses in the trash can. You need your senses. But when your senses, when the outside information contradicts the word of God, go with the word. The word of God will change the outward. You can identify in the financial arena, bills coming. Pay's been cut, same bills, less pay, trouble. You identify that, trouble. You can identify with busted, disgusted, can't be trusted. Or you can identify with give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give it to your bosom. The voice of Jesus says, give and it shall be given unto you. So you look at what's going on. And you obey what Jesus told you to do in your heart. And see, we're not talking about taking up a church offering. We're talking about Jesus showing you somebody you can bless. You know, somebody, somebody needs something you have. And so when Jesus speaks to your heart, give and it shall be given unto you. You say, Jesus, what do I have to give and who do I give it to? Now, what have you done? You got a hold of the water. You started taking it up there. Jesus turned the water into wine. As you were walking with that gift to somebody, Jesus was changing things. And so what's that mean? Your senses told you, I don't know how we're going to make it through this week. But then the Word of God, Jesus said, His Spirit and His life told you, here's how you're going to make it. Get the water. Take it up there. Take the ship back out again. Go fishing again. Go knocking on that door again. And when that guy sees you, said, Oh, I'm so glad you came back. And you've been there a thousand times. Long story short, years and years and years ago, I needed, I was a truck driver for years. I needed, I needed some extra in the ministry. The ministry had been hit. Finances were down back in Indiana. And so, I thought, well, I'll go drive a truck part-time to help get some money until the church picks back up again. So I remember it was about January. I went to this place. It was January. And I put in an application. And then I changed my mind by the time they called me. Like a few weeks later, they called me. I thought, no, I'll go ahead and use my faith for the church to pick back up and get things to go. But by the time November came, 
By the time November came, I thought, man, I better do this. I better go ahead and take some extra work, do this here. I called this job, and they had a brand new boss that had come down from Chicago to Indianapolis. As soon as I said my name, the guy says, wait a minute, you're the preacher, aren't you? I didn't know this guy. And I said, well, yeah, how'd you know? He said, when I came in here, said there was, I don't know how many applications. He said, I threw them all away except yours that jumped off at me. He said, I held your application. He said, come on in. Yes, I'll give you work. And so I went in there. So what I'm saying is this. After all those months, God held that so I could get to it. And I'm telling you right now, things on the outside may tell you this isn't going to work. But when Jesus puts it in your heart, you go back there again. You knock again. You talk again. When Jesus puts it in your heart. Amen. Do you see what he says there? He says his words are spirit, they're life, etc., etc. But I want, you, I want you to look at John chapter 10. How many here are Jesus people? Amen. Amen. How many, how many are Jesus Bible people? Okay. Now listen to this. John chapter 10. I'm just going to pick out a key... A few key verses to help you see this. Verse 3 through 5. He says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They hear his voice. They know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. Verse 10. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so I read a few verses out of here, things that Jesus said. The main thing was, Jesus telling you, the Word of God is the voice of Jesus speaking to his sheep. The Word of God is the voice of Jesus. The Word of God is the voice of Jesus. Jesus said, his sheep know his voice. I want to say this real plain. Either Jesus told the truth or he didn't. I just got through saying how many here are Jesus' sheep. And I think about every head in here went up. And so, if you're still saying, I don't know when Jesus talks to me, that tells me you're not listening. Because Jesus said, and... I don't know about you, I would rather call the president a liar. I'd rather call a preacher a liar. I'd rather call my, my dad or my mom a liar than call Jesus a liar. Jesus does not lie. Jesus said, I know my sheep, they know my voice. Now, it's one thing to have selective hearing. 
And another thing, not to know. But if you've got a Bible and you ever go to church, or you know a fellow Christian that ever talks to you about the Bible, you're hearing Jesus talk to you every day. But you've got selective hearing. Well, that part about tithing, I don't know about that. Well, that's selective hearing. You just turned your hearing it off said, I don't want to hear the part about tithing. Well, that part about uh, turn the other cheek and go the extra mile, you don't know what they did to me. Jesus knows what they did to you. You want me to tell you what they did to Jesus? He was totally holy, totally righteous, totally without sin. They put crown in his head, thorns. They beat him up. They bruised him. They whipped him. They nailed him to a cross naked in front of his mom and his family up there on a hill, naked, wounded, bloody and bruised. You know what the last thing was he said? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And so the voice of Jesus says, we forgive. And so if, if you're a person holding on to bitterness and grudges against people that have wronged you, you know what you're saying? I've got selective hearing. Because you know what happens when you forgive? You start a spiritual process. In that spiritual process, when you forgive, the number one person getting help, by the way, is you. Because you're the one that's captive. You know, I'm not going to have to walk through the store because i got unforgiveness. If I see somebody coming my way at wrong, oh, no, i got to get over here. <laughs> I'm going to act like I read the label. <laughs> or if I'm walking down the street, I'm not going to, oh, <laughs> well, this way. No, I'm not going to be a captive to anybody. And so I'm a forgiver. And why am I a forgiver? Because Jesus, the voice of Jesus told me I'm a forgiver. And when I forgive, number one, I'm free. Then number two, the Holy Spirit's allowed to work with the one that we had a problem with. Somebody said, yeah, but. Well, you're saying, I never hear the voice of Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. When you obey whatever it is he's telling you to do from his word, you're taking the water and God's going to turn it into wine. You're taking your boat back out. He's going to fill it up with fish. So, I'm going to have to stop this where we're at right now. I don't know where they're on that line. I'll just forget that part because i got to leave this with you. And so where we are right now is this. Whatever it is in your life right now, whatever the blockage is, and I know this by the Spirit, there's people in here today that have a blockage in their hearing. Has anybody ever been to the doctor? And he got that wax thing and shot that hot water in your ear. Pop, pop, all of a sudden, pop, that big cork come out. That happened to me one time. Man, I'm mad surprised it will come out of my ear. I never had any idea that stuff was in there. And all of a sudden, my wife wasn't mad at me anymore because I really did hear her. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. Now listen, I'm going to give you some instructions. This is fresh, not the notes. This is from God. It's from here. It's for now. Some people in here... At one point in time in your past, you heard from Jesus and you knew it. Jesus talked to you clearly, concisely, in your heart, every day, all the time. Like the song, I walked with him, I talked with him a long life's narrow way. That's how it was for you. There come a point in time that you hardened your heart against the words you heard. 
there were things you were hearing and you quit doing them. When you quit doing them, you got spiritual wax built up in your spiritual ears to where now he's still talking, but you can't hear him. What's the answer? The answer is this. Whatsoever he saith unto you to do, you do it. Right now, I see like, you know, sometimes you see a, I've just said so many different ways to say this. But you've heard about a harbor that's blocked off by ice. And they have to bring the big things in, bust the ice up so the channel can flow again. There's some blockages in your life right now. And only you can know this. I don't know it. But whatever it is in your life you're struggling with right now that you know, this is what the Bible says to do. And I want to tell you what. My Jesus is so awesome, he knows the number of every hair on every head in this room. He knows the number of every hair on every person on this earth right now. He knows the number of every hair of every person that's ever been on the earth. He knows the future people going to be on the earth, what the hairs are. God knows exactly and precisely what you're struggling with in your heart right now. God knows what it is. And you're struggling right now, and I know this. By the Spirit of God, that when He told me to preach this message today, He saw your face. He sent you in here today. You may be a regular church member that comes here all the time. You may be somebody that's never been here before. Or you've been an infrequent visitor that shows up on occasion. Jesus today is freeing you. It's something that I can't do. I told you what Jesus said. Jesus said his words are spirit to you and their life to you. His mother said, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. And so right now, there's miracles at your door. There's miracles in your family and your relationships that Jesus is just ready to do right now. There's financial miracles he wants to do in your life right now. There's job miracles he wants to do right now. I want you to shut your head off and don't you look and analyze why it's so impossible in your life. Jesus, in his holy written word, said that with God nothing shall be impossible. The only thing right now that will stop you from receiving a miracle from Jesus in this season you're in for what you need is you. So, that's why I know to close this down and say amen in just about a minute. But you in your heart know because I'm going by what Jesus told me. Jesus personally talked to me. What did he talk to you about two minutes ago when I read his word? He said, my sheep know my voice. He said, my sheep follow me. He said, my sheep know me, and I lead them. And so right now, Jesus is leading. He's following. You're following. He's giving you answers. We're going to have the guys come up, and we're going to close the service out, but worshiping. And we'll pray for everybody needs prayer. But the main thing is, Jesus is talking. And if, if, if Jesus is speaking to your heart, come up for prayer. Come up here. 
Tell us what you want us to agree with you with. If you feel you've had stuff on you, hard to get off of you, whether it's just been your resistance or it's been uh, the devil holding you back, Isaiah 10:27 says that God's power, his anointing, removes burdens and destroys yokes. So we, the prayer team, if you need prayer to get stuff off of you, we'll pray for you. And then I just tell you this, whatever the Word of God is in your life that's speaking to your heart, you do it this week, and God's going to give you miracles this week. Amen. Let's stay. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.